Welcome to the Simply Blush Show with Kathy and Allie Weekly. I'm Allie Weekly, and today we're going to be talking about goals versus systems. You decide what holds value. In order to implement this into our own lives, we decided to choose one word each, um, and that became our goal for this year, or our system, as we'll discover later. Mom, what is your goal for this year? What's your word? I guess I started out with a question to myself, um, um, how do I find joy? And I was trying to think of a word that actually related to that, and um, I came up with the word wholehearted living. So wholeheartedness is actually my word. And I want to preface it with, I asked myself the very question, can anyone create a wholehearted life? And I made up a little key for myself and I put a do list and a don't list and we can get into that later with the systems but and that's how I actually created it because I feel like I'm always trying to please perfect and perform those are like the three things that I'm always trying to do but right. not necessarily does it always give me wholeheartedness mm-hmm. um, which then brings joy so I wanted to be more deliberate, inspired, and I wanted to take more action and defining wholeheartedness. And what was your word? My word was clarity, and I think that just applies to a lot of different avenues and facets in my own life for this year. Um, a lot of them are personal, but yeah, I just really challenge you guys to come up with your own word and really ask God to place it on your heart, because for me, it wasn't something that just came to me it was something that I prayed about for a while and one day as I was writing in my journal I wrote the word clarity and I just kind of felt something like I felt a little tug and a gentle nudge I guess you could say Um, and that's just when I realized that I wanted this year to be all about clarity so I would just challenge you to pray about it and ask God what your word is because if you ask you'll receive so And I think that comes also with, for me, I found that when I was going through the word that I wanted it to be for myself, I found myself trying to embrace words that brought positive Mm. um, indications with it. Right. But what I found out is that I also needed to embrace words that were of vulnerability and imperfection. Those were the two things that I needed to integrate into wholeheartedness because and that's how I came up with my list um, that fell underneath of it. They weren't always words that um, embraced wholeheartedness. They were actually the negatives of that because sometimes I fall on that spectrum. So like I needed to look at both. So when you're making this word, it doesn't necessarily have to bring positive. It, it It's what comes out of it. It's the system that we're going to try to create to get there. Yeah, Can you explain goals versus systems, Allie? Yeah, okay, so just a general overview. A goal is the destination, and a system is the journey. Keeping that in mind, um, I'm going to go a little deeper into each of them. So a goal is the result that you want to achieve, or the destination, while the system is the process that leads you to the results that you want to see in your goal. Um, Another way you can kind of think about it, a system is the input, and the goal is the output. So the habits that you're putting into reaching your goal. Um, Those are your inputs and obviously what you're trying to achieve is the output. So 
a lot of us though can kind of fall into a trap I guess and this happens with New Year's resolutions which I I don't know what are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions mom New Year's resolutions, I think we fall short of that commitment Yeah. because, um, for example, that weight journey, we've always mm-hmm. all went to that, or we're going to start reading the Bible from beginning to end, like things like that that we say to ourselves, and it's not implementing it every day into our life. Mm-hmm. So basically what happens is we have the short-term goal is what it becomes. It's a short-term right. goal instead of a long-term goal. And I think like if I look at it, a system is a long-term long-term journey yeah versus this short-term goal Mm -hmm. it's the process in which we do it um so like if we're always saying if i do xyz i'll get to say your goal you set your goal is 20 pounds and uh, we had looked at these examples you and i had looked at this and we then reached 20 pounds okay now that i reached 20 pounds I want to go for 30 pounds. Like we're always trying to go to the next level. But if we just put in place a better eating system, eating healthy, taking five minutes of reflection a day, like a system to achieve the goal, we're achieving the goal without putting a emphasis on that final thing. It'll just be part of a habit, a part of your life, like cleaning traits, like things like that. Um, Your output is different then. Yeah, I agree. I don't believe in resolutions. Um, I think as a kid, it's easy to, or a teenager, or even as an adult, to be honest with you. I mean, I typically set New Year's resolutions for myself, but this year was just different. Something about it, I just really realized that I was tired of constantly putting these specific things that I wanted to happen into my life. So we don't rise to the goal, we fail. Right, exactly. So say I wanted to, by the end of the year, read 50 books. Well, if I only read 49, I didn't reach my goal, so I would still be disappointed with myself. And, I mean, that's just a general example, but you could get even more specific and be like, okay, so say I wanted to you know, travel the world this year. I wanted to go to all 50 states or something like that. Obviously, because of COVID, like, we weren't able to do those things. So then you have this whole other aspect of life, and you can't really control what happens to the world around you. So you aren't even able to control your own goals. And then at that point, you kind of just spin out of control, and it's like... You feel like you failed. Right, exactly. And And we live in this economy of... Pass, fail, pass, fail. Right. I mean, it's, and yeah. And I think after I achieve this goal, I'll be happier. But then, like you said, like with weight, so it constantly becomes more, 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 more because we have to be living in excess. We have to constantly have something to achieve to get us higher and higher and higher. That's just the hierarchy of life. So basically, you're saying you matter and you get to decide what holds value physically, mentally, and spiritually. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying, and I think a lot of us fall short of that, and when we fall short, we just give up on our goals altogether, and that's why New Year's resolutions, a lot of people, you know, they fail after January. They fail after the first two weeks. So our goal then, instead of setting a time frame, we're constantly reaching our goal because we have instilled a System. system that is goal list thinking basically and it's a process of getting to that goal yeah and it's kind of like I was talking to you about earlier so 
I watched this YouTuber and she posted a video for the new year and she's implementing these small habits every day. So she made it a goal to keep it under five minutes for herself. Anything that she can do within five minutes, um, say it's like three goals that you want to achieve in order to create the system. So she would journal for five minutes. She would do a self care routine for five minutes in the morning, um, read a book for five minutes before getting out of bed, anything like that that you can do and kind of get that instant gratification for yourself, but keep it under a certain amount of time because let's be honest, the longer the goal is, um, the less likely you are to do it every single day. And in order to create these systems, you have to have these small habits and keep implementing them into your life. So by doing like a five minute thing or say you want to practice meditation for even two minutes or breathing exercises for 60 seconds, doing those small things like multiple times throughout the day, you're going to see more changes than if you're like, oh, well, I want to lose 20 pounds, so I have to do that by the end of January. Because then you constantly want more and more and more. See, and that's funny because in my um, list that I made of do's and don'ts, and we'll, I'll go through it here in a little bit, um, I've kind of applied that rule of, I've called it my five-second rule, mm-hmm. um, because basically, say for exercise, mm-hmm. or say for downtime of quiet time for self. Right. If, I'm, if I get home and my whole day has been nothing but chaos, but chaos right. and I... Um, have to go to an event that's nothing but loud and chaos mm-hmm. and I tell myself in five seconds I have to make a decision mm-hmm. not five minutes five seconds and I say I need to go that my thought process in five seconds has not changed then I don't need to go there like right. for me the don't doing is probably the better reason not to go for right. exercise the same thing like if I don't feel like doing huge cardio in five seconds, I'll be like, I'm just going to do a mat exercise and stretch and reflect. Right. It's not that I'm not going to do nothing, but I need to find something that's resolving the situation to achieve that solution. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings up like the juxtaposing side of what I just said. So implementing those small habits, but also asking yourself, what do I not want to do? So I guess a different way to think about it is to ask yourself, what's your why? for the systems and the habits that you have in your life. Why are you trying to reach the goals that you are? It's a lot of internal reflection to receive that external validation. Um, so but, be better than yesterday. Right, but well, that's a little cliche, but I, I, I agree. Yeah, it is cliche. Um, <laughs> but the what you were saying about the five second rule and kind of just asking yourself why, like, do I really want to do that? And if you already know in five seconds that you don't want to do it, but then you still proceed to force yourself into these habits. Brings no joy or gratification. No, it doesn't. And honestly, like you just find yourself feeling more drained than anything. Um, I mean, for me personally, that happens with body image. And I don't know, maybe we can do another podcast on that. But I, I think... Over-focusing I, sometimes causes us not to achieve our goal. I agree. Yeah, and... For example, like how to create systems, you can define your essentials in life. So for many of us, that's going to look like, oh, well, I work all the time, so I guess I have to make work a priority because I need to make money to live and I need to support my family. And then you have growth, like, oh, I want to just grow in general. That one, um, 
although it's still a goal, I feel like growth is more of a systematic approach to life rather than a goal. Mainly because if you're just like, hey, I want to grow this year. Okay, but what steps are you going to take to grow? And in what areas of your life do you want to grow? And another question that like when you define those essentials, is it worth your physical, mental, and spiritual health? Like what is what you're doing? Are the habits that you're actively choosing to do every day making are they making you feel better um like are you nourishing your body with the proper food are you treating it well do you think to yourself okay if I go on a walk around the block I'm still getting an exercise and I can still feed my family I can still go to work the next day and be happy and I can still minister the word of God like there's just little habits that mean more than doing nothing so instead of you know, being like, hey, I need to do 60 minutes of cardio or I need to, you know, read a book for 60 minutes, those small five second or five minute habits mean more because you're still including them in your life. Yeah. So like if I break down, like when I made, um, so you got me that book, Brene Brown and, um, the gifts of the imperfection. I really, really like the book. Um, and it's kind of interesting because this book, um, is about goal list thinking basically because she introduces this idea called um um it's it's an integration indexing basically Mm -hmm. it's an alternate way to um compile your Mm -hmm. thoughts by giving you an index in the back that um it's a visualization of creative thinking basically and what you do is as you're reading in the back you take and at the top of each page you give yourself a keyword or thought or an idea that you then as you're reading it's like your little journal and then you attach page numbers to it that you can go back and index and so you can go look at the things that were important to you um by indexing it in the back um and some of the things like I did in the back of my index when I was reading this book is that I wrote a thing on beautiful words, words that I wanted to reflect on. Mm -hmm. I did a thing on new ideas, Mm -hmm. like a concept that I was like, uh, wow, I think I need to work on this or, Mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that. And then I put a whole area of share with, share with Ron, share with Allie, share with my boy, share with my grandkids, things that I wanted to share with other people. And then, um, in the very, very back, I was like, something I wanted to do for myself was create this word. Mm. And she had this whole list of do's. And then I was like, yeah, but if I do all of these, how am I finding wholehearted living? So I made her do list and I wrote a whole don't list with it. And so, for example, you should, the do list would be like rest, play, faith, creativity, joy and gratitude, love, hoping and dreaming, being authentic, and family. Like, that was the list of things I gave for myself. Mm -hmm. And, like, for example, the don'ts on it. Um, Faith. One of the things I find myself is that um, sometimes I live in seclusion. (laughs) And I like to be by myself. And so I put don't be self-sufficient always. It's living in connection sometimes that is more powerful. Um, Playing. Um, Playing means games, you know, things like that. Um, but I also said it also means not always fitting in and being comfortable. 
That's a good one. Because, like, not taking up new ideas. Because then, yeah. then my new idea was, I need to do things that I'm not comfortable with. Mm, so how, where do I do it that I would be comfortable? And then I could kind of laugh at myself, and that would be play. Oh, okay, I see. So, like, tennis. I may want to pick up tennis, and I go out, and I'm like, come on, Allie, we've never played this. Go make idiots of ourselves. Mm-hmm. But that brings me joy. Or, like... And, and I, then it makes me, okay, it's okay to be different. Yeah. I don't have to fit in and be a tennis pro. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, those that's pro- a good point because a lot of people make their goals more oriented towards what the world wants to see from them, and it's not them being authentic. So it kind of like correlates to all the words that you just listed. And like, I guess for me, one thing that I said was that I wanted to wear like the craziest outfits that I could this year because I don't care what other people think. Okay. Why do my clothes need to match? This is. Wearing different colored socks. Like, it's that little. Creativity was on my do list. And on my don't list, it was judgment. Yeah. Because I think oftentimes people who are creative get judged for what they believe. Because they're labeled eccentric. And I see it a lot in my life and in your life because we happen to be on that creative spectrum of life. Yeah. And we are not exactly in the bubble of everyone else. quote, normal, yeah, and so then what it does is my dreams and my hopes become right. n- numbing. So I, I told myself, don't become numb mm. due to the judgment of your creativity. Mm. So then, therefore, that leads to that wholehearted living, yeah. which then brings me joy. Wow, that's Do good. you see how that lists? Yeah, it just all kind of relates to each other. Right. And then the final thing I did was, what is my key problem in achieving this? And I wrote, don't always please perfect and perform the three p's and digging deeper into my life i put um Brene brown talked about three things being deliberate being inspired and be going yeah and i'll explain those basically deliberate was being in thought with behaviors through for you and i it would be prayer meditation mm-hmm. or setting intentions for ourselves okay Number two, to be inspired is to make new and different choices. Mm-hmm. And that's why I introduced in that integrative alternative index, new ideas. Because I want to be inspired by making different choices that are healthy in my system to achieve my goals. And then I put going is about taking action. Right. Now, Taking action, I think for me, involves a lot more mental strength because um, this is where I rely on my spiritual growth Mm -hmm. because taking action um, really is holding people in my life accountable, but not shaming and blaming them. She talks about a lot about, she's a shame and blame research and vulnerability research um, person. And I find myself living in the fact that when I've been wronged, you don't mean to shame people or blame them for the way that you are, mm-hmm. but you do. Mm-hmm. So part of my Christian faith and spirituality, mm-hmm. I need to be inspired on the number two aspect about making new choices and trusting the process of mm-hmm. the system to take actions to hold people accountable without blaming them so that I can be deliberate, which mm-hmm. deliberation equals being compassionate by setting boundaries. That's how I broke it down. And it's a lot of thought and theory. But if we are deliberate, inspired, and take action, all those things, it's like this circle. Mm -hmm. They keep coming back, and that's how you find that one word. Like for you, your one word is? Clarity. Clarity. 
So you create that circle, that system that brings you back to clarity. And I think just like with anything, though, that's easier said than done because uh, we're, you know, in the world, but as Christians, we're called to not be of the world. So separating ourselves and realizing that we're not better than any one person, but we are set apart Um, and we are different. We're not called to fit in. Um, But I find like with my generation that a lot of people are married to their goals. So to them, their life is so intertwined with the things that they want to achieve that they just can't get out of it. Like they're just so stuck on what they want from themselves and from the world that it becomes like this selfishly driven thing. And it's like they literally have created a monster in themselves. They are driven by like greed and instant satisfaction. And it is just like the most unhealthy thing that I have ever seen. But when you're doing it, it's difficult to recognize the patterns. Like we were watching um, Pastor Stephen Fruick, and yeah. he was saying that sometimes when we're in it, we don't see it. Yeah. It's the people on the outside that see it. Yes. And that's why we have to have somebody to be accountable to. Um, and, and it's like social media. It's what is politically going on is crazy. And you and I, we think a lot alike in the political arena. And we're not going to get into that on the podcast. But, you know, one of the things that I think you just said, and I wasn't even thinking about this, but in Proverbs eight thirteen, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. It's funny that it's even said in there. The Bible. But all you can see on social media... Is hate. Is hate. That's all I see. And opinion. Oh my gosh, opinion after opinion. People have become so much about themselves, so worldly, that it's almost just ingrained in us to be out for ourselves. Like, whatever I can achieve. And what I'm saying is... Although we are titleless, like, you matter. Right. I mean, basically, that's what we're saying to everybody. You do matter. You decide what holds value to you. You do. But within a spiritual context. Yes, exactly. Like, you are valuable. You are worthy. However, when you get to the point where you become egocentric, that's a problem. Like, when your sole thought is, oh, well, how does this help me? Really, it should be... How does this glorify the kingdom of God? He should be the center of all of our decisions. Essentialism, um, and we've talked about this, is making the best of all of our time. Mm -hmm. And when we make the best of our time, what do you think we need to put into that? And you just said it. What's the number one thing we put in? God. And that's the answer. The answer to all the crazy is God. And... We just have to make the best of our time because we have to be deliberate, inspired, and take action because it's about setting boundaries, being spiritual, and holding people accountable Mm -hmm. without blaming and shaming. Right. But then that makes us vulnerable. So that puts us in a whole other spectrum. Like, how do we set up our system? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Let's go back to the systems and goals. So you, let's, right. let's, I'm going to have you talk a little bit about that again. So, again, the goal is the destination and the system is the journey. I find that when people, like, just observing from an outside perspective, 
when they don't reach their goals, they're distressed, they become obsessive, they're constantly trying to one-up themselves, they just want more, 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 more. And I guess an example, like a practical way to think about it, say your goal is to have $100,000 by the end of the year. If you have $100,000 by the end of this year, then you're going to want $200,000, then you're going to want $300,000, then it's going to just end up being more, more, more. And at first, it's great. Like, when you reach the goal, you feel gratified, you feel successful, but then you get bored. And you're like, okay, but nothing has changed. Like, I have what I wanted, but what have I really changed about myself? Or, you know, how have my goals changed? They haven't, you're just upping yourself. And at that point, it's like you're not really achieving any goal, you're just kind of feeding into, you know, society's hierarchy. It's, f- okay, so, um... Because there's no difference. In the book I was reading, it said, um, the universe is not short on wake-up calls. We're just quick at hitting the snooze button. That's pretty much what you're saying. Like, we're yes. constantly getting there, snooze, getting there, snooze, and instead, we should rekindle and reconnect um, in order to unravel what's really bothering us at at the core yeah which is where the systems come into place like those small habits that embrace who we really are yeah exactly and it's about becoming more I guess wholehearted you could use your word for this year and I think at the end of the day if when you do that you become less disappointed with yourself less stressed less obsessed and you just really realize that you're okay with where you are and who you are you know, when I look at 2020, I kind of look at it as um, breakdown, <laughs> hashtag. I mean, people are crazy. I mean, yeah. we have had breakdowns across like political, mental, spiritual, like it. But what then I can replace that with, like, I try to think of that opposite word, mm-hmm. spiritual awakening. Right. So like, that's how we're going into 2021 with the spiritual awakening, choosing a word finding a system that allows us to figure out how that we cultivate that joy to bring Mm -hmm. us that word. Um, And it's embracing who we really are and rekindling. Um, What do you think some of your wake-up calls have been? Oh, boy. Um, Honestly, I think the biggest one for me... I think that we're kind of opposite on a lot of our do's and don'ts right now, mainly because I need like self-isolation at this point in my life. I need to just kind of be alone with myself and my thoughts. And I agree that like there's a limit where too much is too much and I do need socialization. But to the point where like it's expending all of our energy and you know, those friendships just leave us drained and life is just beating us to death it's just nice to kind of take like a break and realizing that you don't need to get on social media to feel worthy or you don't need to text that friend or facetime them to receive gratification and just kind of realizing that your worth is defined in god and who he is that was probably one of the biggest things for me I see what's happening in the world and I'm not oblivious to it, but I think we need to take everything we see with a grain of salt. Like, you know, the media is designed for eliciting reactions 
and to me I understand that so I think the only thing we can do is just take anything that we're worried about to God I think social media is a swampland of our souls (laughs) I'm sorry but that's how I see it lately I mean I don't know And, and for me like um the bottom line is if we want to live and love with our whole hearts and if mm-hmm. we want to engage with the world from a place of worthiness we have to talk about the things that get in the way especially shame fear and our resistance to vulnerability mm-hmm. and for me that's how i think you know like what you were talking about and that's how i will hopefully achieve the goal is by digging deeper into those things in my life and integrating um, that type of living into myself. Um, Yeah. And I think for me, like you said, we are different. I feel like I can't give my kids what I don't have. And so for me, I want to work on different things and I like new thoughts and ideas. Remember I told you that integrative um, indexing, Mm -hmm. I put in there like new thoughts and ideas. And one of the things that I'm going to share with you right now that you didn't know was um, the connection between joy and gratitude. Um, We need to be brave enough to ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. And I want you to learn that. And I need to be working on that attitude myself in order to portray it to you. And then I talked to you about the five-second rule, which I already just talked to you about. But I can't give you what I don't have. And sometimes it's body image, perfectionism. And I kind of have that by-the-book attitude. Yeah. And I need to introduce those ideas and boundaries to myself in order to be the better person for you and for our family, too. Um, It's a type of self-expression. And... I don't want to dehumanize myself, Mm. but I do want to make myself vulnerable enough enough to become a little more compassionate to imperfection. I mean, those are my words, like my embraced words for self-expression, dehumanization, vulnerability, self-compassionate, wholeness, imperfection, and spiritual awakening. So those are the words that I chose to embrace. And then my beautiful words that I wrote down were courage, compassion, connection, love, belonging, worthiness, joy. Those are like the words that reflect beauty to me. But I need to embrace those other ones because there's some negative content to them. And if I don't embrace them, I'll never get those beautiful words. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's kind of like that integrative indexing. You're integrating negative with the positive to come out on that positive system. Mm -hmm. But it's a system. And you've got to drag yourself through that rain and the mud and the muck to get out to the other side Mm -hmm. so it's not a perfect system that's all I'm saying yeah and I don't know I I um atomic habits it's a book and there's a quote and it says it's hard to change your habits if you never change the underlying beliefs that led to your past behavior you have a new goal and a new plan but you haven't changed who you are um, and you talked a lot about, you know, expressions and things like that. And you talked about love and, you know, going through difficult times in order to obtain, you know, the beauty in life. And there's another book. It's called Everybody Always by Bob Goff. And it's one of my favorite books. 
and he says, we weren't just an idea God hoped would work out someday. We are one of his most creative expressions of love ever. He doesn't grimace at our failures, he delights in our attempts. So between those two quotes, you have to change your entire belief system in order to change who you are. And you have to realize that if you're even attempting to do that, God is still rejoicing for you. Like he's still fighting for you and delighting in your attempt to allow him to be the foundation for your life, whether you reach it or not. If you're constantly trying to do that and you're creating systems that implement that, I think that's what matters. I mean, Martin Luther King, I mean, with everything going on with all these movements and stuff, and it's funny, I was looking at Martin Luther King's um, quotes, and in that integrative index, I put a whole page of nothing but quotes, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to dig some quotes and stuff, but Martin Luther King, I found one that said, no one is free until we are all free, Mm. and I want to preface that with um, rest and play are both areas that are vital to health as is nutrition and exercise. So it's a combination of things in life um, is what I'm saying. It's not just we think that we can be free Mm -hmm. if we have one thing. If one person's free, then we're all free. No. Basically, this concept is no one is free until we are all free. And it's the same way we can think about our mindset, but Jesus mm-hmm. set us all free mm-hmm. by putting us at the cross. Right. So now we have to get past judgment, mm-hmm. um, name calling. Um, I mean, you look at all the marches on Washington and you look at all everything going on right now in the news and, you know, is that to serve themselves or That's is to serve God. God? Right, and I think often, like with anything but the movements as well what happens is we forget our worth and their whole thing is you know they would say that you know that is them choosing their worthiness but I argue that they've forgotten their worthiness like where does your worthiness come from it comes from God you know we live in a society where we're constantly trying to overrun our lives with busy schedules meaningless friendships the ones that I was talking about that kind of just leave us drained at the end of the day, um, constantly wanting to produce works and receive recognition. And why why do we do these things? Like our goals and systems need to be bigger than that. They need to be bigger than ourselves and bigger than the world. They need to be defined by God. So what does your system look like to achieve what you want to achieve in clarity? Um, okay, so I guess... It comes from scripture. So Psalm 121, 1 through 3. I lift my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. So my thing is, if you're constantly trying to prove your worth by reaching a goal, then you've already forgotten your value. You know, what is your goal in life? It's great to have goals. And I'm not arguing that you shouldn't make goals or try to achieve them. And... You know, it's great, but if you're constantly just driven by this goal-oriented mindset, it's you're just going to feel depleted from any energy that you would ever have. And I think that we just need to 
lift our eyes from our Goliath, as I like to call it, you know, and kind of look at the hills and align ourselves with our thoughts and our systems that come from God. So, so David. Yeah, so David and Goliath. Um, I think everyone else who was fighting saw Goliath, and they chose to focus on how big, how big and monstrous, you, yes. know, you know. But David chose to choose God. Supplication and prayer right. and meditation. He chose to look the at system. the hill and see everything from an outside perspective, just like God does in our lives. He was inspired to make new and different choices. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he became deliberate about it in thought, behavior, prayer, meditation. He set his intention. Yes, he found confidence in God. And then he took action. Yep. So those are those three things, deliberate, inspired, and going. So it's funny, you go right back to that. And, you know, you and I really didn't even talk about those three things. But, like, when I try to align, like, my thinking with Mm -hmm. what you're doing, it's the same thing. It's a system. So we're putting together this system instead of being in a one-time event destination. Right. It is... How do I get to it? The objective mm-hmm. by going through a journey, which are the systems, which is the system, mm-hmm. um, and clarity. Um, I mean, it's hard to have clarity. Mm-hmm. I mean, we experience heartfelt, you know, heartfelt downfall of behaviors around us. We. Um, see things that don't resonate with our or align with our thoughts mm-hmm. um, people don't align with behaviors that we're used to but how do we get past that judgment and for me I go back to that biblical sense that I need to be reading being intentful meditate on his will not mine and it just, and it's about trusting the process. Yeah. And, but it's so hard when the filters from the outside keep, I feel overburdened. <laughs> I mean, like there are days that I am like, I don't even want to get out of bed overburdened. And I get up and I still go to work. And is work my spiritual waking? Probably not half the time. Right. Um, it's a fin- financial means. But then I got to look at it. Okay. It, does though give me what I need to provide for my family but then how do I create a system to bring joy back into my life mm-hmm. and, and I, I think that's what you're talking about is to um, be humbled in yourself to be yeah. exalted in him yeah and I also I think that a lot of us choose our careers based on what's going to give us the most value like we define our worth with how much money we make um, how smart our children are or how successful they are. Just, we attach ourselves to labels and people instead of attaching ourselves to God and what he tells us we are. And, like, one of the hardest things for me is, you know, choosing a major that I genuinely love but realizing that the cost of schooling is an extreme expense. And I most likely won't see a return in that until, you know, a long time down the road. Because it's just what I love. And I think as Christians, we are called to cultivate our purpose through the things that offer us joy. So instead of going to work and finding it draining, 
I truly think that we should try to find things that fill us. And if it is draining to you, I think you need to ask yourself why. You know, come back to that. I'm going to read something. It's I When you were talking, I thought about this, and it's Exploring the Power of Love with Brene. Um, it says, Belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in, by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Mm -hmm. Because true belonging only happens when we present, when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. So basically, our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. So, when we think about ourselves and we think about our imperfect selves in the world we feel short yes we feel like we have failed Mm -hmm. and that's why he's saying we set ourselves up we present ourselves keep presenting ourselves keep presenting ourselves as authentic as Mm -hmm. and but really we're imperfect in in the world it's the labels it's the labels and then we have this whole sense of belonging Mm -hmm. but the biggest thing we need to strive for in all of this we um we need to strive for self-acceptance and love through and Christ. through Christ, mm-hmm. not through other people. Yeah. And and I fall short of that all the time. So I feel I, like I allow other people to define you. To preset yeah. and present myself as short. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's funny, like when I look back and the things that I have done, people are like, You've gone quiet, you've gone this, you've gone that. I mean you're what are you doing with your book? And I made it a promise to myself that I was going to do it for God, not for other people. Right. And so when I found myself all of a sudden doing it for people, I pulled completely away and said it right again and did it for God. Mm-hmm. And if they think I'm quiet, in the background, nobody knows what I do. And that's how I want it. Mm-hmm. Like for me, my gains or my glory or what comes my way or the articles written about me I don't need to put them out on Facebook that is for God and for other people to see and um you know it was hard it was very hard because people are judgmental they are um they um they're honest they break your system they break your system yeah they make you feel so inadequate that you break your own system and you fall short of your goal and, and then you're left in this toxic, toxic system that you've now created for yourself. So, because it's, right. your old one was broken, so you created a new one. So then I came back to what actually was my goal. Yeah. It was a system of creating something for God. Yeah. And so I have to trust that process and give people And I think that's where it comes To the in. point that it wasn't self-gratifying. Right. So I didn't, I thought the purpose of doing it was for joy yeah. and the purpose of doing it was for him. Yeah. But when I but stepped out of the years later, yes. I am like, I did find joy in that. Right. Because I realized one thing most importantly 
is that my defining moment wasn't being an author. My defining moment was putting him first in my life. And doing what he asked you to do and being obedient in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, you know, and when we talk about goals, they can be short-term goals that you're trying to achieve. But I decided to, with my word clarity, set lifelong goals for myself. So, for example, I have a list in my notes on my phone. And anytime I think of something that I want to do in my life, I add it to the list. And it's not for me to check off this goal. It's for me to slowly implement things as systems to achieve these by whenever. And it's not something that I need to achieve immediately. And it's not something that is going to offer me gratification only when I achieve it. It's your do list. Right. It's funny. So you made the same thing, but we just called them different. I made a do list. But then I took it and was like, what don't I do so I can do? Mm, Yeah, like, okay, so I guess I could do that and I could create the don't. But for me, it was more, yeah, you know, our process. My only don't, I guess, was to not allow the goal to define me, because I think for me, like being a perfectionist and no, that's it's not necessarily you know achieving the recognition. Because I was talking to you about this earlier this week. I I don't do things to receive recognition from other people. That's not me. Like, I'm not someone who boasts about things that I achieve or do on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on wherever. I do it because I constantly want to one-up myself. We want to be a voice of God in an imperfect world that betters ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with that. But, like... Authentic to ourselves. Yeah. And just, like, for a few of my goals, I guess, I obviously want to own a house someday. Um, I want to graduate college. I want to figure out what I want to do once I graduate college. And they're just general things like that. Like, I'm not necessarily saying, hey, I want to go to grad school. Because I don't know what I want to do. You know, it's not... I don't think it's, like, neat and tidy. Like, people think it needs to be. Like, with New Year's resolutions, they set such specific goals that it's almost like you're bound to fail. If you say you want to lose 20 pounds, and then you only lose the 15, or you want to be a millionaire by the end of the year, and you're, like, you have $5 in your bank account, that $5 and the 5 pounds that you lost is still adding towards that goal. It's not, like, a yearly thing. It's a lifelong process. And that's why I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. And see, I define myself. And it's our age thing, too. So I think it's, like, you're just starting life. And I'm kind of in that midlife. Right. And so for me, I need to integrate things into my life. And I need to figure out what I... And you need to figure out what your index is. Yeah. I need an index to integrate, and you need an index. I mean, they're like, there's just, like, different things, and I get it. Um, Like, for me, one of the top headers of one of my integrated index, I said, I want to work on this. And I'll give you just, like, three of them. One thing was courage, another was shame wins, and the other was setting boundaries. Courage, I wanted to practice the art of trust by making new habits, especially in him, being Christ. Shame wins. I want to stop whipping them on myself. I mean, 
Brene has talked so much and, you know, some of the others, You Can't Hurt Me book that I read. And then I'm watching, I'm reading Green Lights with um, Matthew McConaughey. I'm reading all these journals and great books. Yeah. And I'm looking into people's lives. Mm -hmm. Do you know what they do all the time? They shame themselves. They shame themselves. Blame themselves. Blame others. I'm not whipping that on myself anymore. I'm done. Like, I'm not going to shame myself. Just because XYZ didn't happen, that doesn't mean that I'm a horrible person. Absolutely Um, not. But to do that, my third thing was I want to work on setting boundaries. Mm -hmm. And the reason is because of shaming and blaming. I feel like people have shamed and blamed so many different things around me that it has caused me sometimes not to set my own boundaries because I'm afraid of the way they'll react. Mm-hmm. Like say in a marriage, for example, because this is, you know, midlife stuff. If your spouse or in a, in a relationship for you, but with a spouse, if I say no, it will equate to X, Y, Z. And it may be, he don't talk to me for two or three days. And I think for me, I need to stop shaming and blaming And in order to do that, I have to set boundaries. But I have to be okay with what comes next. So, like, if I'm not okay with something that happens, I need to be in Christ and trust the process of saying, Hey, XYZ Mm -hmm. does XYZ to me. And when you do XYZ, I respond XYZ. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's this shame, blame, guilt thing. And in order to... Almost like a mathematical it is I mean because I don't really have a specific thing right, because right. you know I'm sure we my all my English brain can't comprehend the yeah. math yeah <laughs> sorry that would be because I'm married to your father um and no I get you I'm 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 a little creative myself you know this um but I think like you know for me um I just find it interesting and then you know I looked up the meaning of my own name and Kathy means pure one and then it's interesting. I looked at the meaning of wholeheartedness and wholehearted. It means pure heart. I'm like, I am finally stopping to self-afflict myself mm. and finding my self-worth and finding a pure heart within yeah. myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't, I like, I literally just looked up Kathy and looked up that word and just, it was one day I looked him up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. They're both being a pure heart. That's weird. Yeah. It's like the little things like that where you're like, there has to be something bigger than me. Yeah, there's something bigger. Like, yeah. like I'm always called back to have a whole heart mm-hmm. and to be pure in doing it. And that's the thing. So often, like, again, coming back to the egocentric part, our goals are often for ourselves. Even, like, all the ones that I listed were for myself. I didn't even put, like, you know, minister the word of God. That should be a lifelong goal. Why is it not on our list? And, you know, I was Because it's part of your system already. It is, but it should still be a goal, I think. Like, I argue that fact. Yeah, and, no, no, no. I understand what you're and saying. Like, I don't... Okay, so I was... I forget who I was talking to, but there was, like, this icebreaker that we did one time, and the question was... It was something along the lines of, like, who are you? Not a single person wrote down... That they were a child of God. And this was in a Bible study that I was doing. What? Not a single person. And I think that just goes to show the fact that 
we take the labels that society wants to give us and we identify more with those than the ones that God gives us because the simple fact is a lot of us aren't familiar with the labels that God gives us and that's when having a personal relationship truly comes into play you have to know the word in order to minister the word you have to get it in yourself before you can get it out that is very very interesting because on my share with list that I'm creating I wrote until we can receive with an open heart we are never really giving with an open heart when we attach judgment to receiving help we knowingly or unknowingly attach judgment to giving help Mm. and I think it's the biggest mistake is that for example, you drive um, self-worth yeah. for never needing help and just always offering it. And so you could get in that other spectrum. Mm-hmm. If, you, if, if you're always the fixer. Yeah. If you're always, at some point, your bottom's going to, you're going to be half empty always. Yeah. Always. Always. So what then are you you're holding from at that point too? Like, and you're not. So then you're compensating because you don't by finding other things to fill that with. Yeah. So some of the most selfless people I know are empty, mm-hmm. and that's because of this. And I, I think it's interesting that you can have a selfless life of humility, but still be empty. But still be empty. And, you know, I don't think we're destined to live like that. No, neither do I. And, you know. In Proverbs eighteen twelve, it says, Before a downfall, the heart is haughty, but humility comes before honor. And that's interesting. We have to be of humility to be honored. So... I, I don't I just find it interesting. Um, do you have a quote that um, brings into mind some of these things for you? Um, yeah, there's a quote and it's not necessarily like a biblical quote, but yeah, it says, look around you. How many people do you think are settling? Probably a lot. People settle into okay relationships, okay jobs, okay friends, and an okay life. Why? Because okay is comfortable. Okay pays the bills and provides a warm bed at night. Some people are fine with okay and guess what? That's okay. But okay is not thrilling. It isn't passion. It's not life-changing or unforgettable. Okay is not the reason you risk absolutely everything you've got for the smallest chance that something absolutely amazing could happen. And... That kind of just ties in everything that I was saying. It it ties in everything we're talking about. You matter to God. Yeah. So you matter. You have value. Um, And he continues to give us more grace. He does. And I think that is why scripture... Yeah. And I think that's why scripture says, um, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And that's James 4, 6. And he... Yeah, me too. (laughs) But he gives us more grace every day to be able to handle life. And to just be okay. My cup overflows. And so your cup can be full. Right. But you can't pour from an empty cup. 
Right. You have to fill yourself before you fill other people. So that's why you have to derive these systems Mm -hmm. and to work towards goals. And so what does the new year look look like for um, us, Allie? So you and I are going to create systems. Right. And I have created an integrative alternative index. And I am decided that I'm going to read books in my quiet time to gain awareness of yourself (laughs) of other people too because when I'm reading about autobiographies of other people isn't that crazy it's it's like your YouTube people that my YouTube people yeah you 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 just aged yourself no I did because (laughs) you will go to a YouTube and watch a YouTuber yeah and I will go to a book and read an autobiography of like I mean well I read books you read a ton of books yeah but I mean it's funny like I will derive mine from an autobiography of a book so you know what I mean like it's interesting just that you know and then I'll take my notes but this integrative system of indexing right words in my life that are beautiful how to embrace them Mm -hmm. things I want to share um my do list to achieve my word of uh, joy of wholeheartedness versus my don't list the accumulative process of getting there has been interesting. Like, I've oh, learned a lot about myself. Like, when I'm reading something now, I'm not afraid to take a pen. Like, I mean, for so many years, I was like, I'm not writing in my Bible. And now we Bible journal, and I might mark up my Bible like crazy. But I'm learning that integrative indexing mm-hmm. of, oh, my gosh, circle a new like for me I circle new concepts in a in a blue color um when I wow. see a beautiful word I star it and highlight it in pink like beautiful word you know what I mean like for me I have a system that works, I, for, you. works for me right. I'm indexing it so like if I'm actually just like one pick the book up again and I'm looking at it I'm like oh new ideas are highlighted in yellow you know what I mean like right. I make my own little you know index um in the back or in the front now and I pull that apart and I learn so much more mm-hmm. it's it's how you derive the system to reach the goal I agree yeah definitely do you want to lead us in prayer I can um I just have one final thing sure one final idea let the one who created you be the one who defines you that's kind of just my summary for all of this I think our goals, our thoughts, our opinions, um, the love that we pour out, the systems that we create, everything that we want to achieve should just flow from God. Um, So, yeah, just find confidence in God and embrace Him. All right, I'm going to lead us out in prayer. Dear God, I'm just so thankful to be here with my mom, and I thank you for this opportunity that we have to minister what you've placed on our hearts and in our lives. Um, Thank you for all of our blessings, all of these wonderful listeners today. And I just pray that whether they're in their cars, um, their houses, whether they're doing the dishes or scrubbing the tiles in their kitchen, (laughs) whatever they're doing, I pray that you would not leave them untouched by this message. And I ask that you would allow them to truly index this into their own lives and implement it into an everyday practice. I pray that the spiritual habits that they have, those systems that you want them to put into their own lives, I pray that those would be implemented and that 
they would be able to achieve the goals that you placed on their lives and the purpose that you have for them. And it's just in your wonderful name that I pray. Amen. Amen.